Chapter 6 of Poems of American History, Volume 5, The Period of Expansion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Pyle. Poems of American History, Volume 5, The Period of Expansion by various authors section ten chapter six the new century no country in the world entered upon the twentieth century with brighter prospects of peace happiness and prosperity than did the united states a toast to our native land huge and alert irascible yet strong we make our fitful way mid right and wrong. One time we pour out millions to be free, then rashly sweep an empire from the sea. One time we strike the shackles from the slaves, and then quiescent we are ruled by knaves. Often we rudely break restraining bars, and confidently reach out toward the stars. Yet under all there flows a hidden stream, Sprung from the rock of freedom, the great dream of Washington and Franklin, men of old who knew that freedom is not bought with gold. This is the land we love, our heritage, strange mixture of the gross and fine, yet sage and full of promise, destined to be great. Drink to our native land. God bless the state. Robert Bridges But the very first year, a bolt from the blue fell upon her. In May 1901, a great industrial exposition, known as the Pan-American, was opened at Buffalo, New York. It was especially notable for its electrical display, and came to be known as the Dream City, or the City of Light. Buffalo, 1901 A transient city marvelously fair, humane, harmonious, yet nobly free. She built for pure delight and memory at her command, by lake and garden rare, pylon and tower majestic rose in air, and sculptured forms of grace and symmetry. Then came a thought of God, and reverently, let there be light, she said, and light was there. O oh, miracle of splendor! Who could know that crime, insensate, egoist, and blind, destructive, causeless, caring but to smite, would in its dull Sumerian gropings find a sudden way to fill those courts with woe and swallow up that radiance and night. Florence Earl Coates September 5th was set aside as President's Day. The attendance was very large, and President William McKinley spoke to an audience of 30,000 people. The next afternoon a reception was held, at which all were invited to pass in line and shake hands with the President. In the line was a man whose right hand was bandaged with a handkerchief. The handkerchief concealed a revolver. As the President stretched out his hand, the assassin fired twice, one bullet penetrating the President's abdomen. McKinley, September 6th, 1901 "'Tis not the President alone who, stricken by that bullet, fell. 
the assassin's shot that laid him prone pierced a great nation's heart as well and when the baleful tidings sped from lip to lip throughout the crowd then as they deemed their ruler dead twas liberty that cried aloud ay liberty for where the foam of oceans twain marks out the coast tis there in freedom's very home that anarchy has maimed its host there tis that it has turned to bite the hand that fed it there repaid a country's welcome with black spite there judas-like that land betrayed for tis no despot that's laid low but a free nation's chosen chief a free man stricken by a blow base dastardly past all belief and tyranny exulting hears the tidings flashed across the sea while stern repression hugs her fears and mouths them in a harsh decree meanwhile as the cloud though black as death is lined with hopes hopes light as life and liberty that scant of breath had watched the issue of the strife fills the glad air with grateful cries to find the sun no more obscured and with new yearnings in her eyes climbs to her watch-tower reassured london truth surgical aid was at hand it was found that the bullet had passed through the stomach both wounds were sewed up five days later the president was pronounced out of danger the next day he showed signs of a relapse and sank steadily until death came early on the morning of saturday september fourteenth faithful unto death september fourteenth nineteen o one his work is done his toil is o'er a martyr for our land he fell the land he loved that loved him well honor his name forevermore let all the world its tribute pay for glorious shall be his renown though duties was his only crown yet duty's path is glory's way for he was great without pretense a man of whom none whispered shame a man who knew nor guile nor blame good in his every influence on battlefield in council hall long years with sterling service rife he gave us and at last his life still unafraid at duty's call let the last solemn pageant move the nation's grief to consecrate to him struck down by maniac hate amid a mighty nation's love and though the thought its solace gives beside the martyr's grave to-day we feel tis almost hard to say god reigns and the republic lives richard hanfield titherton the comfort of the trees gentle and generous brave-hearted kind and full of love and trust was he our chief he never harmed a soul oh dull and blind and cruel the hand that smote beyond belief strike him it could not be soon should we find twas but a torturing dream our sudden grief then sobs and wailings down the northern wind like the wild voice of shipwreck from a reef by false hope lulled his courage gave us hope by day by night we watched until unfurled at last the word of fate our memories cherish one tender thought in their sad scope he looking from the window on this world found comfort in the moving green of trees richard watson gilder outward bound farewell for now a stormy morn and dark 
the hour of greeting and a parting brings already on the rising wind yon bark spreads her impatient wings too hasty keel a little while delay o momentary o thou hurrying dawn for long and sad will be the mourner's day when their beloved is gone but vain the hands that beckon from the shore alike our passion and our grief are vain behind him lies our little world before the illimitable main yet none the less about his moving bed immortal eyes a tireless vigil keep an angel at the feet and at the head guard his untroubled sleep two nations bowed above a common bier made one forever by a martyred son one in their agony of hope and fear and in their sorrow one and thou lone traveller of a waste so wide the uncharted seas that all must pass in turn may the same star that was so long thy guide o'er thy last voyage burn no one can reach where through yon sombre vale that bark to its eternal haven fares no earthly breezes swell its shadowy sail only our love and prayers edward sidney tylee theodore roosevelt vice-president succeeded to the presidency the greatest project which the new administration undertook was the construction of a ship canal across the isthmus of panama this enterprise had been agitated as early as eighteen twenty six and in eighteen seventy nine a french company under ferdinand de lesseps had secured a concession from columbia and started to work at the end of ten years the company had exhausted its resources and work ceased panama here the oceans twain have waited all the ages to be mated waited long and waited vainly though the script was written plainly this the portal of the sea opes for him who holds the key here the empire of the earth waits impatient for its birth but the spanish monarch dimly seeing little answered grimly north and south the land is spain's and god gave it it remains he who seeks to break the tie by mine honor he shall die so the centuries rolled it on and the gift of great colon like a spendthrift's heritage dwindled slowly age by age to the flag of red and gold fell from hands unnerved and old and the granite pillared gate waited still the key of fate who shall hold that magic key but the child of destiny in whose veins is mingled long all the best blood of the strong he who takes his place by grace of no single tribe or race but by many a rich bequest from the bravest and the best sentinel of duty here must he guard a hemisphere let the old world keep its ways not to him its blame or praise not its greed or hate or fear for all swords be sheathed here yea the gateway shall be free unto all from sea to sea and no fratricidal slaughter shall defile its sacred water but the hand that oped the gate shall forever hold the key james jeffrey roche the united states was naturally looked to to carry on the project the matter was brought before congress and in nineteen o two the french company was bought out for the sum of forty million dollars the republic of panama was organized when columbia hesitated over the concession and control of the canal route was thus secured darien a d fifteen thirteen 
to A.D. 1901. The American Senate has ratified the Isthmus Treaty. Washington Telegram Silent upon a peak in Darien, the Spanish steel red in his conquering hand, while golden, green, and gracious, the vast land of that new world comes sudden into kin, stands Nunez de Balboa. North and south he sees at last the full Pacific roll, in blue and silver on each shelf and shoal, and the white bar of the broad river's mouth and the long-ranked palm trees. Queen of heaven, he cried, today thou givest me this for all my pain, and I, the glorious Girdon, give to Spain. A new earth and a new sea to be her pride, war-ground, and treasure-house. And while he spoke, the world's heart knew a mightier dawn was broke. Silent upon a peak in Darien, four hundred years being fled, a greater stood on that same height, and did behold the flood of blue waves leaping, mother of all men, wise nature. And she spake the gift I gave to Nunez de Balboa, could not keep Spain from her sins. Now must the ages sweep to larger legend. Though her own was brave, here on this ridge I do foresee fresh birth. That which departed shall bring side by side, the sea shall sever what hills did divide, shall link in love. And there was joy on earth. Whilst England and Columbia, quitting fear, kissed and let in the eager waters there. Edwin Arnold Panama, home of the dove plant or holy ghost flower. What time the Lord drew back the sea and gave thee room, slight Panama? I will not have thee great, said he, but thou shalt bear the slender key. Of both the gates I builded me, and all the great shall come to thee for leave to pass, O Panama. Flower of the Holy Ghost, white dove, breathe sweetness where he wrought in love. His oceans call across the land. How long, how long, fair Panama, wilt thou the shocks of tides withstand, nor heed us sobbing by the strand? Set wide thy gates on either hand, that we may search through saltless sand, may clasp and kiss, O Panama. Flower of the deep-embosomed dove, so should his mighty nations love. Outpeal his holy temple clocks, it is thine hour, glad Panama. Now shall thy key undo the locks. The strong shall cleave thy sunken rocks, Swung loose and floating from their docks. The world's white fleet shall come in flocks To thread thy straits, O Panama. Flower of the tropics, snowy dove, Forbid unless they come in love. How beautiful is thy domain! Search out thy wealth, proud Panama. Thy gold, thy pearls of silver sheath, thy fruitful palms, thy thickets green. Load thou the ships that ride between, attire thee as becomes a queen. The great ones greet thee, Panama. Flower of the white and peaceful dove, let all men pass who come in love. Amanda T. Jones A working organization was perfected, improved machinery got into place. And when, in the fall of 1906, President Roosevelt visited the Isthmus, he found the dirt flying in a most satisfactory way. The canal was finally opened to commerce in April 1916. A Song of Panama, 1906 Chuff, chuff, 
chuff, and a mountain bluff is moved by the shovel's song. Chuff, 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 oh, the grade is rough, a liftin' the landscape along. We are ants upon a mountain, but we're leavin' of our dent, and our teeth marks bitin' scenery, they will show the way we went. We're a liftin' half creation, and we're changin' it around, just to suit our playful purpose when we're diggin' in the ground. Chuff, 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 oh, the grade is rough, and the way to the sea is long. Chuff, 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 and the engines puff, in tune to the shovel's song. We're a shiftin' miles like inches, and we grab a forest here just to switch it over yonder, so's to leave an angle clear. We're pushin' leagues of swamps aside, so's we can hurry by, and if we had to do it, we would probably switch the sky. Chuff, 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 oh, it's hard enough when you're changin' a job gone wrong. Chuff, 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 and there's no rebuff to the shovel a singin' its song. You hears it in the morning, and you hears it late at night. It's our battery keepin' action with support of dynamite. Oh, you gets it for your dinner, and the scenery skips along in a movin' panorama to the chargin' shovel's song. Chuff, 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 and it grabs the scruff of a hill and boosts it along. Chuff, 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 oh, the grade is rough, but it gives to the shovel's song. This is a fight that's fightin', and the battle's to the death. There ain't no stoppin' here to rest or even catch your breath. You ain't no noble hero, and you leave no gallant name. You're a fightin' nature's army, and it ain't no easy game. Chuff, 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 oh, the grade is rough, and the way to the end is long. Chuff, 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 and the engines puff as we lift the landscape along. Alfred Damon Runyon In 1904, an industrial exposition to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the purchase of Louisiana from France was held at St. Louis and was attended by millions of people. The official hymn was written by Edmund Clarence Stedman and was sung on the opening day by a chorus of 500 voices. Hymn of the West O thou whose glorious orbs on high Engird the earth with splendor round, From out thy secret place draw nigh The courts and temples of this ground. Eternal light, fill with thy might These domes that in thy purpose grew, And lift a nation's heart anew. Illumine thou each pathway here To show the marvels God hath wrought, Since first thy people's chief and seer Looked up with that prophetic thought, Bade time unroll the faithful scroll, And empire unto freedom gave, from cloudland height to tropic wave. Poured through the gateways of the north, thy mighty rivers join their tide, and on the wings of morn set forth their mists to the far-off peaks divide. By thee unsealed the mountains yield, oars that the wealth of Ophir's shame, and gems and rot of seven-hued flame. Lo, through what years the soil hath lain at thine own time to give increase, the greater and the lesser grain, the ripening bowl, the myriad fleece. Thy creatures graze appointed ways, league after league across the land. The ceaseless herds obey thy hand. Thou whose high archways shine most clear above the plenteous western plain. Thine ancient tribes from round the sphere to breathe its quickening air are fain. And smiles the sun to see made one there brood throughout earth's greenest space. 
land of the new and lordlier race. Edmund Clarence Stedman Particularly noteworthy was the growing sentiment of friendship between England and America. Not so many years before, the two countries had seemed on the verge of war. But all such clouds had long since been swept away. Britannia to Columbia What is the voice I hear on the wind of the western sea? Sentinel, listen from out Cape Clear, and see what the voice may be. Tis a proud free people calling aloud to a people proud and free. And it says to them, Kinsmen, hail, we severed have been too long. Now let us have done with the worn-out tale, the tale of an ancient wrong. And our friendship lasts long as love doth last, and be stronger than death is strong. Answer them, sons of the selfsame race and blood of the selfsame clan. Let us speak with each other face to face, and answer as man to man. And loyally love and trust each other as none but free men can. Now fling them out to the breeze, shamrock, thistle, and rose, and the star-spangled banner unfurl with these a message to friends and foes. Wherever the sails of peace are seen, and wherever the war wind blows, a message to bond and thrall to wake. For wherever we come, we twain. The throne of the tyrant shall rock and quake, and his menace be void in vain. For you are lords of a strong young land, and we are lords of the main. Yes, this is the voice of the bluff March gale. We severed have been too long, but now we have done with a worn-out tale, the tale of an ancient wrong, and our friendship shall last long as love doth last, and be stronger than death is strong. Alfred Austin Within the United States a similar change was taking place. The old sectional lines of North and South were being forgotten, and a new generation arose, and their proposal to return to the South her captured battle flags a proposal which, a few years before, had met with frenzied protests from fire-alarm patriots, received general and hearty approval. Those Rebel Flags, discussed by one of the Yanks. Shall we send back to the Johnnies their bunting, in token, from blue to the gray, that brothers in blood and good hunting shall be our new watchword today? In olden times, knights held it nightly, to return to brave foemen the sword. Will the stars and stripes gleam less brightly if the old rebel flags are restored? Call it sentiment, call it misguided, to fight to the death for a rag, yet trailed in the dust derided, the true soldier still loves his flag. Does love die and must honor perish when colors and causes are lost? Lives the soldier who ceases to cherish the bloodstains and valor they cost. Our battlefields, safe in the keeping of nature's kind, fostering care, are blooming, our heroes are sleeping, and peace broods perennial there. All over our land rings a story of loyalty fervent and true. One flag, and that flag is old glory, alike for the gray and the blue. Why cling to these moth-eaten banners? What glory or honor to gain, while the nation is shouting hosannas, uniting her sons to fight Spain? Time is ripe, and the harvest worth reaping. Send the Johnnies their flags F.O.B. Addressed to the care and safekeeping of that loyal old Reb Fitzhugh Lee. Yes, send back the Johnnies their bunting with greetings from blue to the gray. We are brothers in blood and good hunting is America's watchword today. John H. Jewett 
On February 24, 1905, Congress directed that the flags be returned, and they now rest in the capitals of the various southern states. The Song of the Flags, on their return to the States of the Confederacy, February 24, 1905. We love the wild clamor of battle, the crash of the musketry's rattle, the bugle and drum. We have drooped in the dust, long and lonely. The blades that flash joy are rust only, the far-rolling war music dumb. God rest the true souls in death lying, for whom overhead, proudly flying, we challenge the foe. The storm of the charge we have breasted, on the hearts of our dead we have rested, in the pride of a day long ago. Ah, surely the good of God's making shall answer both those past awaking and life's cry of pain. But we never more shall be tossing on surges of battle we're crossing, the swift-flying death-bearer's reign. Again in the wind we are streaming, again with the war-luster dreaming, the call of the shell. What gray heads look up to us sadly. Are these the stern troopers who madly rode straight at the battery's hell? Nay, more than the living have found us, pale specters of battle around us. The gray line is dressed. Ye hear not, but they who are bringing your symbols of honor are singing the song of death's bivouac rest. Blow forth on the south wind to greet us, O star flag, once eager to meet us when war lines were set. Go carry to far fields of glory the soul-stirring thrill of the story of days when in anger we met. Ah, well that we hung in the churches, in quiet where God the heart searches, that under us met men heard through the murmur praying, the voice of the torn banner saying, Forgive, but ah, never forget. S. Weir Mitchell The territories of the West were clamoring for admission to statehood, and finally, in the summer of 1906, Oklahoma and the Indian Territory were admitted as one state. Arizona and New Mexico were offered joint statehood, but the former refused to link her destinies with her sister territory. Arizona No beggar is she in the mighty hall where her bay-crowned sisters wait. No empty-handed pleader for the right of a free-born state. No child with a child's insistence demanding a gilded toy but a fair-browed queenly woman, strong to create or destroy. Wise for the need of the son she has bred at the school where weaklings fail, where cunning is less than manhood, and deeds, not words, avail. With the high unswerving purpose that measures and overcomes, and the faith in the farthest vision that builded her hard-won homes. Link her in her clean-proved fitness, in her right to stand alone, Secure for whatever future in the strength that her past is won. Link her in her morning beauty with another, however fair, and open your jealous portal and bid her enter there, with shackles on wrist and ankle, and dust on her stately forehead. And her proud eyes dim with weeping, no, bar your doors instead, and seal them fast forever. And seal them fast forever, but let her go her way. Uncrowned, if you will, but unshackled, to wait for a larger day. Ay, let her go barehanded, bound with no grudging gift, back to her own free spaces where her rock-ribbed mountains lift their walls like a sheltering fortress, back to her house and blood. And we of her blood will go our way and reckon your judgment good. 
We will wait outside your sullen door till the stars you wear grow dim, as the pale dawn stars that swim and fade o'er our mighty canyon's rim. We will lift no hand for the beige ye wear, nor covet your robes of state. But ah, by the skies above us all, we will shame ye while we wait. We will make ye the mold of an empire here in the land ye scorn, while ye drowse and dream in your well-housed ease that states at your nod are born. You have blotted your own beginnings and taught your sons to forget that ye did not spring fat-fed and old from the powers that bear and beget. But the while ye follow your smooth-made roads to a fireside safe of fears, shall come a voice from a land still young to sing in your age-dulled ears the hero's song of a strife as fine as your father's fathers knew when they dared the rivers of unmapped wilds at the will of a bark canoe the song of the deed and the doing of the work still hot from the hand of the yoke of man laid friendly wise on a neck of a tameless land while your merchandise is weighing we will bit and bridle and rein the floods of the storm rock mountains and lead them down to the plain and the foam-ribbed, dark-hued waters, tired from that mighty race, shall lie at the feet of palm and vine, and know their appointed place. And out of that subtle union, desert and mountain flood, shall be homes for a nation's choosing, where no home else has stood. We will match the gold of your minting, with its mint stamp dulled and marred, by the tears and blood that have stained it, and the hands that have clutched too hard with the gold that no man has lied for, the gold no woman has made, the price of her truth and honor, plying a shameless trade. The clean, pure gold of the mountains, straight from the strong, dark earth, with no tang or taint upon it from the hour of its primal birth. The trick of the money-changer, shifting his coins as he wills, ye may keep. No Christ was bartered for the wealth of our lavish hills. Yet we are a little people, too weak for the cares of a state. Let us go our way. When ye look again, ye shall find us, mayhap, too great. Cities we lack, and gutters where children snatch for bread. Numbers and hordes of starvelings, toiling but never fed. Spare pains that would make us greater in the pattern that ye have set. We hold to the larger measure of the men that ye forget. The men who from trackless forests and prairies lone and far Hewed out the land where ye sit at ease, and grudge us our fair one star. There yet be men, my masters, though the net that the trickster flings lies wide on the land to its bitter shame, and his cunning parleyings have deafened the ears of justice that was blind and slow of old. Yet time, the last great judge, is not bought, or bribed, or sold. And time and the race shall judge us, not a league of trafficking men, selling the trust of the people to barter it back again, palming the lives of millions as a handful of easy coin, with a single heart to the narrow verge where craft and statecraft join. Charlotte M. Hall On the morning of Wednesday, April 18, 1906, an appalling calamity visited California, and especially the great city of San Francisco. At a few minutes past five o'clock, a severe earthquake shock desolated the cities of the Central Coast region, snuffed out hundreds of lives, and destroyed millions of dollars' worth of property. San Francisco, April 18, 
1906. Such darkness as when Jesus died, then sudden dawn drave all before. Two wee brown tomtits, terrified, flashed through my open cottage door, then instant out and off again, and left a stillness like to pain. Such stillness, darkness, sudden dawn, I never knew or looked upon. This ardent occidental dawn dashed San Francisco's streets with gold, just gold and gold to walk upon, as he of Patmos sang of old. And still, so still, her streets, her steeps, as when some great soul silent weeps, and oh, that gold, that gold that lay beyond, above the tarn, brown bay. And then a bolt, a jolt, a chill, and Mother Earth seemed as afraid. Then instant all again was still, save that my cattle from the shade, where they had sought firm, rooted clay, came forth loud lowing, glad and gay, knee-deep in grasses to rejoice that all was well with trumpet voice. Not so yon city, darkness dust, then martial men in swift array, then smoke, then flames, then great guns thrust to heaven, as if pots of clay, cathedral, temple, palace, tower, and hundred wars in one wild hour. And still the smoke, the flame, the guns, the piteous wail of little ones. The mad flame climbed the costly steep, but man, defiant, climbed the flame. What battles where the torn clouds keep? What deeds of glory in God's name? What sons of giants, giants, yea, of beardless lad or veteran gray? Not Marathon nor Waterloo knew men so daring, dauntless, true. Three days, three nights, three fearful days of death, of flame, of dynamite of God's house thrown a thousand ways, blown east by day, blown west by night. By night there was no night, nay, nay. The ghoulish flame lit nights that lay crouched down between this first last day. I say those nights were burned away, and jealousies were burned away, and burned were city rivalries, till all white cresseting the bay were one harmonious hive of bees. Behold the bravest battle won, the city beautiful begun, one solid San Francisco won, the fairest sight beneath the sun. Joaquin Miller In San Francisco, fire followed the shock. The water mains had been broken, and the flames were soon utterly beyond control and raged for two days, destroying the business and principal residence portions of the city, an area of four square miles. The loss of life reached a thousand. The property lost three hundred million dollars. San Francisco. Who now dare longer trust thy mother hand? So like thee thou hadst not another child. The favorite flower of all thy western sand, she looked up, nature in thy face, and smiled, trustful of thee, all happy in thy care. She was thine alone, not to be lured away down joyless paths of men. Happy as fair, held to thy heart, that she was yesterday. Today the sea is sobbing her sweet name. She cannot answer, she that loved thee best, that clung to thee till hell's own shock and flame wrenched her, swept her from the forgetting breast. Days, darling, playmate of thy wind and sun, mother, what hast thou done? What hast thou done? John Vance Cheney. The whole country rushed to the relief of the stricken state. The Californians met their losses bravely and started once to build a greater San Francisco. 
to San Francisco. If we dreamed that we loved her aforetime, t'was the ghost of a dream. For I vow by the splendor of God in the highest, we never have loved her till now. When love bears the trumpet of honor, O highest and clearest he calls, with the light of the flaming of towers and the sound of the rending of walls, when love wears the purple of sorrow and kneels at the altar of grief, of the flowers that spring in his footsteps, the white flower of service is chief. And as snow on the snow of her bosom, as a star in the night of her hair, we bring to our mother such token as the time and the elements spare. If we dream that we loved her aforetime, adoring we kneel to her now. When the golden fruit of the ages falls, swept by the wind from the bough, the beautiful dwelling is shattered, wherein, as a queen at the feast, and gems of the barbaric tropics and silks of the ultimate east, our mother sat throned and triumphant, with the wise and the great in their day. They were captains and princes and rulers, but she, she was greater than they. We are sprung from the builders of nations, by the souls of our fathers we swear. By the depths of the deeps that surround her, by the height of the height she may dare. Though the twelve league in compact against her, though the sea gods cry out in their wrath, Though the earth-gods, grown drunk of their fury, fling the hilltops abroad in her path, our mother of masterful children shall sit on her throne as of yore, with her old robes of purple about her, and crowned with the crowns that she wore. She shall sit at the gates of the world, where the nation shall gather and meet, and the east and the west at her bidding shall lie in a leash at her feet. S.J. Alexander the regeneration was moral as well as physical, for not only was the town rebuilt, but it was rescued from the corrupt ring which for years had kept control of the city government. Research, San Francisco Behold her seven hills loom white once more as marble builded Rome. Her march team with a touch of home and music fills her halls at night. Her streets flow populous, and light floods every happy, hopeful face. The wheel of fortune whirls apace, and old-time fair and dare hold sway. Farewell the blackened toppling wall, the bent steel gird, the somber pall. Farewell forever, let us pray. Farewell forever and a day. Joaquin Miller On June 24, 1908, Grover Cleveland twice President of the United States, died at his home in Princeton, New Jersey, at the age of 71. His death called forth a remarkable tribute from men of all parties and in all walks of life, a tribute to his stainless service of the state, to his honesty, courage, and fidelity. Lowell had called him the most typical American since Lincoln. Grover Cleveland, 1837-1908 to 1908. Bring Cyprus, Rosemary, and Rue, for him who kept his rudder true, who held to right the people's will, and for whose foes we love him still. A man of Plutarch's marble mold, of virtues strong and manifold, who spurned the incense of the hour, and made the nation's wheel his dower. His sturdy, rugged sense of right put selfish purpose out of sight. Slowly he thought, but long and well, with temper imperturbable, 
Bring Cyprus, Rosemary, and Rue, for him who kept his rudder true, who went at dawn to that high star, where Washington and Lincoln are. Joel Benton One feature of the country's growth has awakened great uneasiness. Over a million immigrants had been landing every year upon her shores, and the feeling has grown that America must cease to be an asylum for the ignorance and vice of Europe. Unguarded Gates Wide open and unguarded stand our gates, named of the four winds, north, south, east, and west, portals that lead to an enchanted land of cities, forests, fields of living gold, vast prairies, lordly summits touched with snow, majestic rivers sweeping proudly past the Arab's date palm and the Norseman's pine. A realm wherein are fruits of every zone, heirs of all climes, for lo, throughout the year, the red rose blossoms somewhere. A rich land, a later Eden, planted in the wilds, with not an inch of earth within its bound. But a slave's foot press, it sets him free. Here it is written, toil shall have its wage, and honor, honor, and the humblest man shall level with the highest in the law. Of such a land have men in dungeons dreamed, and with the vision brightening in their eyes, gone smiling to the faggot and the sword. Wide open and unguarded stand our gates, and through them presses a wild, motley throng. Men from the Volga and the Tartar steppes, featureless figures of the Hong Ho, Malayan, Scythian, Teuton, Celt, and Slav, flying the old world's poverty and scorn, these bringing with them unknown gods and rites, those tiger passions here to stretch their claws in street and alley, what strange tongues are loud, accents of menace alien to our air, voices that once the Tower of Babel knew. O oh, liberty, white goddess, is it well to leave the gates unguarded? On thy breast fold sorrow's children, soothe the hurts of fate, lift the downtrodden but with hands of steel, stay those who to thy sacred portals come to waste the gifts of freedom. Have a care, lest from thy brow the clustered stars be torn and trampled in the dust. For so of old the thronging Goth and Vandal trampled Rome, and where the temples of the Caesars stood, the lean wolf unmolested made her lair. Thomas Bailey Aldrich The first decade of the new century has witnessed a long stride forward toward better government. State and nation have asserted the right to regulate railroad rates, to abolish gambling, to supervise the sale of poisons and intoxicants, to protect the people from impure food, from quackery and swindling, and to break up combinations in restraint of trade. National Song America, my own, thy spacious grandeurs rise, faming the proudest zone, pavilioned by the skies. Day's flying glory breaks thy vales and mountains o'er, and gilds thy streams and lakes from ocean shore to shore. Praise be thy wood and wold, thy corn and wine and flocks, the yellow blood of gold drained from thy canyon rocks, thy trains that shake the land, thy ships that plough the main, triumphant cities grand, roaring with noise of gain. Earth's races look to thee. The peoples of the world thy risen splendors see, and thy wide flag unfurled. 
Thy sons in peace of war, that emblem, who beheld, Bless every shining star, cheer every streaming fold. Float high, O gallant flag, o'er Carib Isles of Palm, O'er bleak Alaskan crag, over far-off lone Guam, Where Mauna Loa pours black thunder from the deeps, O'er Mindanao's shores, o'er Luzon's coral steeps. Float high and be the sign of love and brotherhood, The pledge by right divine of power to do good, For I and everywhere, on continent and wave, Are omnipotent to dare, imperial to save. William Henry Venable Especially significant has been the awakening of the public conscience, the growing intolerance of corruption in office, the demand for honesty in public as in private life, and the realization of the fact that the great public service corporations are accountable to the people and amenable to law. Ad Patrium To deities of gods and gold, land of our fathers do not bow, but unto these beloved of old bend thou the brow. Austere they were of front and form, rigid as iron in their aim, yet in them pulsed a blood as warm and pure as flame, honor whose foster child is truth, unselfishness in place and plan, justice with melting heart of ruth, and faith in man. Give these our worship, then no fears of future foes need fight thy soul. Triumphant thou shalt mount the years toward thy high goal. Clinton Scollard O Land Beloved, from My Country O Land Beloved, my country dear, my own, May the young heart that moved for the weak words atone, The mighty lyre not mine, nor the full breath of song, To happier son shall these belong, Yet doth the first and lonely voice Of the dark dawn the heart rejoice, While still the loud choir sleeps upon the bough, and never greater love salutes thy brow than his who seeks thee now. Alien the sea and salt the foam, wherever it bears him from his home. And when he leaps to land, a lover treads the strand. Precious is every stone, no little inch of all the broad domain, but he would stoop to kiss and end his pain. Feeling thy lips make merry with his own, but oh, his trembling reed too frail, to bear thee times all hail. Faint is my heart, and ebbing with the passion of thy praise. The poets come who cannot fail. Happy are they who sing thy pretty days. Happy am I who see the long night ended, In the shadows of the age that bore me, All the hopes of mankind blending, Earth awaking, heaven descending. While the new day steadfastly domes the blue deeps over thee, Happy am I who see the vision splendid In the glowing of the dawn before me. All the grace of heaven, blending, man arising, Christ descending, while God's hand in secrecy builds thy bright eternity. George Edward Woodbury So America faces the future unafraid, confident that her problems will be wisely solved, that a splendid destiny awaits her, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. THE REPUBLIC FROM THE BUILDING OF THE SHIP Thou too sail on, O ship of state, Sail on, O union, strong and great, 
Humanity with all its fears, with all the hopes of future years, is hanging breathless on thy fate. We know what master laid thy keel, what workman wrought thy ribs of steel, who made each mast and sail and rope, what anvils rang, what hammers beat, in what a forge and what a heat were shaped the anchors of thy hope. Fear not each sudden sound and shock, tis of the wave and not the rock, tis but the flapping of the sail and not a rent made by the gale. In spite of rock and tempest roar, in spite of false lights on the shore, sail on nor fear to breast the sea. Our hopes, our hopes are all with thee. Our hopes, our hopes, our prayers, our tears, our faith triumphant o'er our fears, are all with thee, are all with thee. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow End of section 10 Recording by Chris Pyle